You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Episode 26, The Paradox. Welcome to The Paradox with your attending, Dr. Eric Larson. He is a practicing anesthesiologist and clinical assistant professor at Michigan State University College of Human Medicine. Listen in as he takes you behind the scenes of what practicing medicine in today's ever-changing world is like with another doctor. The Paradox is a fun and accidentally informative show for physicians, patients, or anyone who has ever found themselves in a waiting room. Welcome to The Paradox. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Larson. Today's episode is going to be a lot lighter, a more typical episode, I guess you'd say, than the last episode in 25, where I spent some time with my wife, Marcy, who's a pediatrician, and we discussed the recent tragedy in our family. It was never the intention of this podcast to be anything other than uh, commentary on medicine, delivery system, but it served a helpful outlet for me, and I hope it was helpful to you as well. I want to thank everybody who sent encouraging words through social media, email, and the like. Uh, it means a lot to me and to my family. And again, thanks so much for, I feel like I have an extended family and group of friends that I did not have last year. So thanks again. But today we're talking about social media, so something entirely different. My guest is Dr. Donna Coriel, who's an internist, and she's really done yeoman's work in setting up the So Me Docs. It's a hashtag that's uh, short for social media doctors, and, and her goal has been to get more physicians on social media, whether that's through blogging, podcasting, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, wherever, whatever. Uh, but to get our stories and our ideas, our messages, and our perspectives out there in the public. For a little too long, I think, medicine has been reluctant to expose ourselves, and I guess I say medicine generally, but I would say physicians specifically, partly because of the liability aspect of it, I think, and the concern that it's um, you're putting yourself at risk from a medical malpractice standpoint. I mean, I don't offer any medical advice during the show, aside from vague sort of statements about the, the general structure of the healthcare industry, and so I don't feel like I'm in any sort of risk. But certainly, if you're talking about specific treatments or products or whatever, physicians are a little concerned about that sort of thing and probably contribute to the hesitancy for getting involved. Well, today we're going to talk about strategies for if you're a physician, but I think this also extends to people who aren't physicians because I would say as someone who has really no experience with social media outside of just being on Facebook or something like that, 
I taught myself how to podcast. I found some equipment relatively inexpensively. I thought I had an interesting story, and clearly by the amount of people who are listening, you agree that I have something valuable to add. And uh, it has been a journey that I wish I'd started earlier. And I think that you'll find most people who get involved in blogging or whatever it might be, they sort of kind of wish they had started sooner because it is rewarding, it's fulfilling, and I think it's useful to add that voice. And so Dr. Coriel is going to talk to us today about experiences and sort of how to brand yourself, and that, that extends even beyond just if you're a physician. We're going to talk specifically about physicians and social media, but it certainly extends to people who aren't in medicine either. So a little bit of housekeeping. Obviously, this is episode 26, which means the show notes page will be at theparadox.com slash 026. There you'll find show notes, which will range from all the different ways to contact Dr. Coriel and the prior episodes that we refer to in the show. And also, if you wanted to support the show, I'd encourage you to go to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash theparadox, that's P-R-A-D-O-C-S, and there you can become a patron supporter of the show, have access to bonus materials, and it's a great way to calm your crushing guilt for listening to the show for free. Obviously, anything that raised at Patreon, as always, will be just used for the promotion and the production of the show. But without further ado, Dr. Donna Coriel in social media for physicians. Enjoy. Well, hello. I'm here with my friend, Dr. Donna Coriel, who is a physician in, where are you, in New Jersey? Uh, I live in New Jersey, and I practice in Rockland County, New York. Because you definitely do not sound like you're from Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> so you're an internist. Uh, you work at... Um, Highland Medical, and you are very involved in social media. So you're named one of the top 10 internists. Uh, you're going to be a guest speaker in 2019. And I guess you were already a guest speaker in Harvard's Writing Business Publishing Social Media Conference. In I was in the guest faculty. Yeah, I just right. I participated in it. Yeah. And it looks like they you've been invited to a conference in the Cayman Islands in 2019. I got to figure out how to get that gig. <laughs> As a speaker, yes. Right. That's great. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of met up on social media. You found me, I guess, more than I found you, or I'm not quite sure how that happens. It's Facebook, right? It's hard to, hard to explain how that always happens. And we are Facebook friends, which means we've never met in person. <laughs> it's just the beauty of 2018 going into 2019 is just the amazing connections that social media can, um, can, can create. Right. And and another thing is it can drive you totally insane. Uh, social media, as we know, with Twitter and Facebook and the political controversies that are going on today, we're recording this in um, early October. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And I guarantee whenever this airs in a couple of weeks, there'll be a lot of stuff going on. So Absolutely. And I just want to say here that, you know, it's an interesting point to make because social media has both just like a medication, right? It has both positives and negatives. So I like to focus on the positives when it comes to my business. Um, I can talk for hours on the negatives, especially when it comes to my children and, and on the younger generation using social media and like truly not knowing how to use it and some of the scary things that have come about from social media use. But you know what? Um, I choose to focus on the positives and to make it work for me. Right. And, and uh, it's like anything, right? And in some ways with life, you have to, with your children, you have to teach them how to, to work with new technologies or with some sort of, you know, getting through school or dealing with, dealing with people. And dealing with people on social media is a different phenomenon, but it's essentially a way, it's a social interaction. You have to try and help your kids get through. The hard thing is it's new for all of us as well. And so in many ways as adults, we're learning how to kind of navigate those waters at the same time as we're teaching others. Absolutely. And I think that it's it's a difficult water to navigate through for adults, but then like you take a 
uh, field like ours, uh, medical practitioners and, and physicians in general, and we are, it's completely foreign to us. I mean, we, um, for generations, have practiced behind closed doors. And so for us to put ourselves out there is just an odd thing. And I, myself, I personally experienced a lot of um, pushback uh, from the community around me and from fr family and friends when I first started doing it. And now it's, thankfully, it's starting to become a more acceptable uh, thing to do, to participate in. And so I'm excited about it, but I am, um, I'm trying to push doctors out of their shell and put them into social media and convince them that it's a wonderful thing for business. And I think one thing that's fairly fairly uh, consistent along across the physician ranks is we're pretty much a collection of introverts. I mean, not everybody, but I think well over 50% are probably introverted. And so it, putting us, putting ourselves out into social media is, is a struggle in some ways. It's easy for me because I'm just by myself here. So basically what I wanted to do to talk about today is physicians entering the social media um, world. And my audience, since I've never officially polled it, but I get impression from people I talk to who listen to it and um, emails I get from people, I'd say about a third physicians, a third people who know physicians closely as family members um, you know, or close friends, and a third are, people, are just lay people who are just interested in medicine and how, um, what physicians are dealing with and sort of uh, what sort of problems there are in medicine and sort of solutions we might have. And so <clears throat> this is a little bit, this is not going to be geared specifically to, towards physicians, except that we're the ones who are now trying to get into this social media um, morass, I'll call it. And you, you've developed a site called Some Docs or So Me Docs, which is short for social media doc, uh, doctors, to encourage physicians to get involved in social media and, and not specifically in anything particular like blogging or podcasting, but just kind of just get yourself out there. What, what prompted you to try and, I guess, organize physicians in some way and get them involved in this? Many things. I mean, I created my own platforms many years ago on social media because I recognize the value that they have in being vehicles of communication of the future. So I did that myself and I branded myself under Dr. Coriel where I um, actively blog and I post on Instagram and I tweet. And I kept doing that and slowly recognizing that there is so much potential by doing it um, that could extend to other physicians. And I recognize that I'm just one lowly board certified internist, but there's so many talented doctors out there that are so intelligent and have so much um, to give, you know, to give to the community in terms of their own expertise. And I honestly did not think it was just for me to take on this journey, but for every other physician out there. So that's where I created Somi Docs. Um, I wanted to create a community of, um, or, or a network of physicians that all look to have a social media presence for different reasons, um, a place where we could be supportive and where we could amplify each other's voice and we could sort of share each other's work and comment. Um, I mean, I had been a part of many communities that are non-medical, um, you know, blogger communities that are not physicians and um, Pinterest communities and communities that just literally have no physicians. And so I saw the need for it, um, a physician community. And so I created it and it's been, it's been amazing. It, it's, a, it's been very, and I would just say it's been very helpful for me. I've actually, uh, I've, hooked up with a couple of physicians to do some interviews. I've um, gotten some tips and it's been just, a good, it's, as you said, it's a good community to know that other people are out there kind of getting involved and to know that, you know, for anything, it's nice not knowing you're the only one out there <laughs> by yourself. Exactly. 
Exactly. Well, that was the thing is also for me, having done it myself, it was an extremely lonely experience. And so you see this like potential and the value of your doing something, but you're like the only one doing it. Um, it's very difficult to do. And I, I did it. I pushed myself, but I didn't necessarily push myself to the extreme because it really was kind of an innovative thing to do and, and, kind, and, and very out of the box. And so now that I've created this forum, it's becoming more and more acceptable. And we're sort of like a, we rally around each other and we support one another so that we're more comfortable doing it. And I think there is a huge need out there for physicians to get on social media. And so that's yet another reason why I created it because I wanted doctors to um, push themselves out of their shells and uh, create a presence online. Well, we have specialized knowledge and there's, and healthcare is something that everyone encounters at some point in their life. Now, when I look at through the SOMI docs, there's, uh, it's like a, it's about as wide a variety of topics, some that are almost not at all medical related. They might be related to nutrition or health or people just selling, they're just businesses selling products and things like that. And others who are just who are doing advocacy or just having, you know, a random show. Uh, so it's, it's really everything. Um, yeah, that's that's what I actually love about the community is that a we have different fields represented. So we have you know plastic surgeons, and we've got neurologists and pediatricians, and and we've got just I mean you have to be a physician to be on the closed Facebook group, and anybody that's interested in joining can find us under SoMedocs S O M E D O C S. But um, but there's also a wide variety of reasons why we're taking on social media, and I talk about that a lot. Um, one of the Big ones is to drown out pseudoscience. Another one is to change healthcare. But you know what? There's other reasons like you can want to promote your business or you can make a product and want to um, have other doctors sort of team up with you who may collaborate with you on it. Or you, you know what? You may find someone who's podcasting and get on their podcast and promote your group or your um, social media. So anyway, it all comes together. But Another thing you touched on, another reason is beating burnout, because burnout is one of those um, very commonly used terms these days. And one way to beat burnout is to find something else that you have an interest in. And social media can really help with that uh, through the various group, you know, physician groups that have been creating or through um, looking to write or you just using social media for other reasons, to photograph, to find other people that have interests that you share. Right. And I, I mean, for me, it's been an outlet just to, um, as an advocacy, I guess, in some ways, uh, and is opportunity to meet other physicians who are in some ways dealing with the same issues or have uh, solutions to the problems that we're facing in medicine. So it's been very helpful for me in that sense. I think uh, if I feel like in the, for the, most of the people in the social media who are physicians, there's the two types, there's the people looking for an maybe an income stream uh, outside of medicine. And then, like you said, people just for an outlet to, for whatever reason, for psychological reasons, maybe for, uh, for or pers personal satisfaction reasons to, to be able to get their voice out and to help prevent the, at least maybe even commiserate with others about the burnout and sort of by talking about it, you can find solutions to, to treating it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. And then there's other things like, you know, changing healthcare. So, you know, last year I um, I had blogged for many years, and I was um, blogging on healthcare. I blog on on healthcare. I blog on also family and parenting and and traveling even. But my healthcare pieces really um, 
they were noticed by a group of physicians that were heading to Washington, D.C. to meet with some congressmen on changing healthcare. And you know what? They reached out to me and they said, we'd love to have you on board. We'd love to have you come join. And I did. And so those are the kinds of connections that can happen by presence on social media. I mean, the, the conferences I've been invited to speak um, at, uh, those are thanks to my social media presence. Nobody would have known me if I did not speak out on this free uh, platform. Um, and so it's an amazing way to not only advertise, but to develop your own, um, your own name and your own brand. Yeah. And it, it, for me, it's been a lot of fun. I've, and like I said, I've met a lot of people and, uh, it's fairly simple. It's just a matter of kind of just doing it like most things. Absolutely. And for the, by the way, for the, re, for the followers or listeners that you have that are not physicians, for the physicians, you could get in touch with me or you could simply um, find SOMEDOCS, S-O-M-E-D-O-C-S. But for the um, non-physician uh, listeners, you can find our work across platforms. We're hashtagging each other's work with that hashtag. So if you spell that name out um, in the search box of whatever platform you love to use, you'll find a lot of our work. And the one thing I get questions on quite a bit when I talk, when I tell people I'm podcasting, aside from them kind of thinking, wow, that's kind of strange <laughs> but, or cool. I mean, or it just kind of depends and sort of have to talk about it for a little bit. But the questions I get are like, well, I, you know, I'd be interested in doing that sort of thing, but there's some concerns I have. I'm not like a guy, um, if I was just telling you about how to hike, hiking and I would tell you about the trails to take and equipment to buy and stuff like that. When we start talking about medicine, it there are all sorts of different things that we have to take into account that we don't have to take into account if we're just talking about travel advice or something like that. So the, the concerns lots of physicians have, like, what are the liability aspects of me having a podcast about, if I'm a dermatologist and talk about sunscreen, let's say. what Are you familiar with what sort of pitfalls there are for from liability aspects, either medical malpractice or state laws that you can... Um, Listen, I mean, I think this is a huge issue and it's a problem. Um, it's something we can talk about both positively and negatively because legalities clearly were set forth for a good reason. But I think legalities, um, when it concerns medicine, um, the me medical health care field has um, kind of taken an extreme in our country. And so it's a problem. Like it's a problem when physicians are scared to open their mouth and scared to talk. And it sort of keeps us back from being on social media, but yet um, people who are spewing nonsense and spewing pseudoscience have no problems spreading what, you know, untruths and, and false claims. And so that's where there's a disconnect. And that's where I push doctors on social media. But I think it's super important to remember that, um, Doctors should not be giving personal medical advice to anyone online. And I always um, make it clear on my page that uh, uh, any medical advice um, that's taken online should be discussed with your own personal physician, no matter who you hear it from, even if you hear it from a doctor. Because the bottom line is that guidelines can be different depending on your comorbidities, depending on what existing preconditions you have. Yeah, the legalities are important. I mean, everybody should always speak to their lawyer. Everybody should make sure that they're comfortable with the things they say. And everybody also needs to make sure that their audience understands that it's still social media. It's still a faceless way to communicate. And so um, we can't, when we, uh, when we put out ideas on social media, it's general ideas. It should never be personal, like answers to people's questions. And physicians should absolutely remember that. You know, do you remember Dr. Dean Adele? I don't even know if he still has a radio program. 
but no. but he he would give I mean, people would call in with problems it was always kind of strange because he would have he was an internist and yeah i mean i know interns are the smartest doctors right uh, <laughs> but uh but he would uh he would give very detailed medical advice and i thought well, that's very unusual that someone someone would be that knowledgeable about so many things i mean it's one thing to be pretty knowledgeable about a couple things but he would just like right. know and i almost thought they were sort of almost rehearsed questions and stuff but he had a pretty popular show and i and i always wondered about from a liability standpoint to talk to answer questions about you know i got this thing with you know blowing my nose and something hurts all the time and he would have yeah, an answer about I'd be that very worried i i agree with you i would be extreme i am very cognizant of legalities in general in my office when i practice and see patients i'm extremely weary of legalities and it's scary um but it's also scary because i want to treat my patient and so legalities in general kind of hinder us um in the healthcare profession but absolutely on social media we have to be cognizant of that so um no i, I don't get it I, I do think internists need to know a lot as an internist myself um and i do but i would never say that i'm an expert in any one specific area i just kind of spread my knowledge out to the different organ systems and so i could speak on generalities um but i can't you know, how can I comment on your specific ailment or what, like, for example, even vaccines, like I could say that, like, you may need a certain vaccine or, or in general, like this and this age group may need a vaccine. But the bottom line is you need to take that information to your own physician and you need to discuss your specific with your physician. Right. Yeah. You might be immunosuppressed. might be other reasons you can't. Of course. Yeah, right. exactly. I mean, that's it. So I, I guess, you know, that I know a lot of physicians are worried about getting involved because of liability issues. And I know state law issues can be an it can be a problem as well it, because if you're if there's a perception that you're providing medical medical care you you put your license at risk whatever state you might be practicing in and and the interpretation of what when you're providing medical advice you know is up for interpretation sometimes for state regulators so that's obviously something that's is concerning to physicians and I can understand why people might not want to get involved in social media for that reason. Uh, yeah, everybody needs to have a disclaimer and everybody needs to make sure that their audience understands that you will not be um, answering specific questions. Uh, so I, it, it's very important to uh, put that out there. One of the questions I had, and it's not one that's an issue with me specifically, because I'm, I'm an independent physician with a, a single specialty anesthesia group here in West Michigan. But what do you, what do you talk to tell docs who are maybe starting their own product line, they're maybe selling something or if nothing else, just branding themselves. What do you tell them if they're employed by someone or university to how to go about starting this? Is this a thing you ask for permission or do you ask for forgiveness or do you just not talk about it? Or how do you, how do you tell people to navigate that sort of thing? What sort of stories have you heard? I mean, I am an advocate for full transparency when it comes to that. Um, you do not want to do anything that your employer would, uh, first of all, be ashamed of, and secondly, um, not be proud of, because again, you're employed by them. I mean, unless you don't want to be employed by them, because that could be grounds for um, for being let go of, obviously. So um, I am absolutely for transparency. Um, I myself um, approached my employer. I let them know this was happening. I gave all um, handles, and uh, I know that my employer knows about the different things that I do uh, because it's important for me. The bottom line is you have to map out your future, and so if your um, current state of employer of employment is um, someone that doesn't know what you're doing on the side that could get you into trouble do you so have you heard yeah. stories about people having problems with 
Uh, I mean, because I know like if I were to develop, if I was at a university setting, a uh, university professor, and I developed some sort of instrument or product or something, the, in, the, uni- the institution would have, a, have action to take, you know, some percentage of my creation because I technically thought about it while I was wor- at work or whatever, you know. Right. Is, is that something that you've heard an issue with physicians who start products and lines or whatever, maybe totally independent that has nothing to do with their current job, but they are employed by, you know, hospital X. And so hospital system X thinks, well, we should get a cut of that. I haven't heard of anything specific along that line, but because I have a very creative imagination, I can absolutely, I agree (laughs) with you on the possibility. So um, again, I'm always hypercognizant of any possible legalities that could take shape. And listen, at the end of the day also, like you got to live, like you got to push for a business. And so, um, I mean, there's always um, something to say about malpractice carriers. Um, I know malpractice carriers are now considering this whole new world of virtual medicine, Um, not just because of telemedicine, but just in general, social media uh, and physicians on it. So um, I think that there needs to be transparency with employers uh, just to protect yourself and um, I think everybody should make sure that they're covered legally with what they say at the end of the day. Okay, that's very interesting. So I guess, <clears throat> I guess if you decide to start something up, you better make sure you've got some, you've at least they have a heads up that it's going to happen. Absolutely. Oh, and you asked about actually an instance, and I can think of an instance where social media got someone in okay. trouble, and that's with a, like a recent uh, dermatologist or someone who was performing plastic surgery who I guess performed a dance or something during it was questionable whether it was during surgery or not but the bottom line is she got in a lot of trouble yeah that was an obstetrician out in I don't know where she she was somewhere out east I think but was it okay I thought it was a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon doing like plastic surgery but again there could be even more than you know one case of social media yeah I think I was I want to say it was an obstetrician who was doing YouTube right. videos of her dancing in the OR. The right. And, and, something stuff, like and, that. and I don't know if the patient was asleep. I, I don't know the situation. Right. I can tell you as an anesthesiologist, I've never seen that. Right. <laughs> so it's exactly. not common. I have seen people exactly. kind of moving their feet and stuff, but that's pretty much the extent of people. Like I said, exactly. But you know what? Also need to mention HIPAA. I mean, when you go on social media, you have to remember that we we're still physicians first and foremost. And so we have to comply by these rules that we've, you know, we need to abide by and that's HIPAA law. So if I, you know, if I write about a, 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 I, I don't typically write about a patient. I want sometimes to write about patient encounters or something like that. I change all identifiers. So oftentimes it's even um, changing the sex of the patient. So if uh, it was a female patient, I will talk about it as if it was a male patient, if it works that way, or I will change around the age. And I'll try to change multiple identifiers so the story is completely different while still um, getting my point across or teaching what I want to teach in that post. Right. Well, and that's interesting. You know, I actually just, I just completed an episode on HIPAA, which is, uh, and the fact that HIPAA doesn't do what you think it does. And I, as physicians, we assume it protects patient data and it does exactly the opposite, which I was not aware of kind of how insidious it was, which I don't know if you're aware of that, but it's, it, I mean, HIPAA, it, it doesn't do anything except allow your patient, uh, patient data to be transferred and sold more easily to over 2.2 million entities in the United States, which I was not aware of against, wow. yeah, without your consent. So I'd recommend listening to the episode. <laughs> it's pretty good. I will. And actually, um, <laughs> but I mean, wh- but it, whether this hip or not, I mean, the basics of medical ethics states that you you do not disclose information that could be that is any way identifying of any of your patients. I mean, that is the patient doctor uh, confidentiality agreement we have, and 
that's an ex- that's the expectation we have and that patients have that we don't yeah we don't talk about. listen exactly first and foremost again we're physicians and we we care about our patients really the patient population is what i'm here to serve and so when i um ask physicians to consider going onto social media um i think about patients and i think about again the spread of pseudoscience and false claims out there and i worry i worry about the future of this country when you know we're doing things like i i don't know i don't really want to like bad talk anybody out there because again i also don't know i we don't always know everything we could just follow evidence-based medicine and so that's what i explain to everybody is that i don't claim to know it all but i claim to follow science and, and that's important for me to disseminate when I take on social media. Yeah, and, and so I think that goes to the point that the reason it's useful to have physicians out there is we are a voice who are experts in medicine. And, exactly. and we certainly know healthcare inside and out, just as a nurse would understand healthcare and how it actually operates inside the hospital or a hospital administrator. If you, if you remove that voice from the general public, they don't see an important part of what are people who are advocating. And most physicians are out advocating for their patients. I mean, I think it's easy for people to, to sit back, especially when you don't see a much presence for a physician, they don't know one, to assume that we're kind of sitting back and just, you know, raking in the cash or something like that. Exactly. And, and we're there because we make a lot of money and we, you know, drive fancy cars or whatever. But the reality is, first of all, that's not always the case. Right. Um, but uh, if you look at the surveys of physicians, and actually the one that just came out, I'm going to talk about it, sort of my bonus portion, but it's on... Uh, uh, the physician survey from 2018, I don't know if you had a chance to look, it just came out like yesterday, where they survey thousands of physicians around the country and ask them you know, whether you're independent and how much time you spend with patients and what kind of practice you have and all these sorts of things. But the number one satisfier for, for physicians is the relationship with their patients. The number, the number one dissatisfier is electronic health records. So these are not things that strike you or me as like surprising. But I think for people and patients, they are somewhat surprised that the reason we get into the business and the thing we, the reason we like it, yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's intellectually stimulating and there's fun things we do. And, but the main reason is, is, that, is that relationship you have with a patient, whether it's brief, in my case, where someone's conscious, or whether it's a long-term relationship that you might have with this patient for many years or maybe your entire career. And that's why we practice. That's why we went to medical school. I mean, it's all the other stuff, yes, that's, those are nice benefits. But when you sever that relationship, the thing that's our number one, the thing that drives us to do what we do, right. that's when you have the burnout, that's when you have all the problems. And, and, and if we're not available, we're not present, I think not having that story told, I think is a disservice to our profession. And, it, and people have crazy ideas of what doctors are. And that's why, to your point, that's why we should be out there with our voice so people know what we're thinking. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, that's why I took this on to begin with as well. I mean, I have a lot of, of, of background stories, but um, I stopped working for three years because I stayed home with my children and I actually became a non-medical professional during that time because I was a stay-at-home mom and I really connected with um, the people that were in my community around me and I kind of lived that way as a non-doctor for those years. And so when I took medicine back into my life and I, I, I went back into the profession that I love, um, I still had that. And so I wanted to merge the two. Um, and it, it's very important for me to be a voice out there and to um, use the means that um, these non-physicians were using for so many years. Um, 
But I, but I agree with everything that you just said. I mean, I am an internist and I love uh, my patients. That is one of the best things that I, um, that is a part of my uh, profession. I love the bonds that I make. I love seeing my patients walk in when I know them, when we built the relationship. It gives me personal satisfaction. I was just talking about the other day with my husband, who's a cardiologist, um, just about how happy I am that I can make a difference in so many patient lives. So I, I agree with you on that end. Well, you just mentioned your husband's a cardiologist. My wife is a pediatrician. So we are physician couples, which I think they're clearly way more now than there were you know, 25, 30 years ago. Uh, just because you tend to just marry people you're around. <laughs> so you're around people in medical school. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, or there are lots, you know, tons of physicians married nurses, you know, that would, back in a little bit far longer yeah. in history when there weren't many men, women in medical school. Um, and that's obviously changed. But uh, so I always find that, Patients are surprised or my friends are surprised when I will see someone, I'll see someone and they'll say, oh, you know, I, they're talking to me about stuff and they're like, oh, you see my wife? And they're like, you didn't know I see your wife. <laughs> I've been going to my wife for years. A nurse I work with and I had no idea. They always assume that I, that we talk about them. And so this goes along back to the sort of the hip or the just medical ethics, right? I mean, we're right. pretty careful about in our family and I, I think that really, I, I'm surprised that that surprises people. Uh, but do you, do you find that too? Have you had that happen? Um, you know, my husband and I work for the same organization, so we do share a lot of patients. And I actually, there are many, many benefits to that because, I mean, obviously, if we um, come from the same family, then a patient can theoretically get more attention from um, his physicians who are actually living in the same household. So, uh, I mean, patients really love that. They love that we're kind of keeping it in the same family, um, both work-wise and, um, you know, household-wise. So I actually see it as a benefit. I don't see it much as negatives. I mean, we absolutely respect patient privacy, but we also ultimately, again, we're physicians, so we want um, the best for our patients. And I think that um, personally, uh, my patients feel that and know that. Yeah. And, and I would say more often than not, we have curbside consults in medicine. Rarely do we have bedside consults, but I guess, you know, sometimes that happens just depends. <laughs> Uh, Absolutely. That's funny. I, I make that joke with my patients sometimes. <laughs> my patients have said to me, like, do you sit there, you know, at, at, in bed at night and talk about, you know, the patients? Right. And like, no, we don't. But yeah, we do sometimes talk about the patients just as, you know, two physicians who aren't married would, would talk about the, the patient in, in uh, coming up with a good patient plan. Well, and, you know, and our kids will, I'm sure, know this, but this, the things we talk about at the dinner table are not <laughs> what the average family talks about. When some, you know, some kid comes in and they have, and my wife will tell a story. And again, you know, no one knows exactly who this person is or anything like that. And same thing with anesthesia stories, or I'll find someone who has some strange profession that you just, and so you get talking to them about things and, <laughs> and all the sorts of things we do. So, right. so when it comes to uh, social media, uh, what do you, what do you, where do you turn, if someone came to you and I'm sure they do and say, Hey, what should I do? I want to get involved. What do you recommend they do? Like blogging, podcast, podcasting, YouTube. Um, what do you what do you suggest? So the nice thing about social media platforms is that each of them are different, and each of them sort of. Um, they work with different talents uh, of the people who use them. So for example, if you love photography, then Instagram is probably the platform for you. And if you love to talk and to just say a lot of things, um, then I would say Twitter is a great one where you could just kind of spit out um, really quick ideas that are character limited um, and do it a lot. Like there's no such thing as over tweeting, right? Because Twitter is about just 
saying a lot, um, as opposed to Facebook, which is kind of a combination of all those things and also has a lot of group settings. Uh, a website and blogging is more for the person who likes to write, although there's blogging with pictures and things like that. And then the podcaster is just somebody who loves to talk. And so a person who comes to me, um, first and foremost, I talk about branding. you got to find a way to um, define yourself, to have a name that sort of uh, stays consistent throughout platforms because a lot of us look for uh, uh, different platforms to use, not just one platform, but a way to branch out using several platforms. And um, so after branding, I, I we talk about the different uh, the different means of using social media and which one is right for you. If you're a physician, then I suggest you come to SoMeDocs because we discuss all of this there and we openly ask questions and um, this is the best, uh, it's the best place to sort of um, find what may be best for you. Yeah, I've actually seen advice there on makeup, which um, <laughs> obviously it's not, not helpful to me, but it, there's, right. there's amazing uh, discussions on what kind of lights to use and what makes your hair look best and all these sorts of things, which are, you know, absolutely important, but it's, uh, you can get in just about anything in, sort of information on there about anything, absolutely. my impression. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You can absolutely ask about everything. But um, the bottom line is we're trying to um, change the fa face of healthcare. We're trying to uh, uh, appeal to patients. We're trying to drown out pseudoscience. We're trying to um, further our careers and to promote uh, our practices. And we're also trying to beat burnout. And social media is here to help us with that. What would you, so what do you say for branding? You know, I, for me, for instance, for me, I've just got the website, which goes along with this this um, podcast. How do you? How does one go about branding or even thinking about that if they're just starting out in any sort of venture? Okay, so I mean, I'm speaking to about physicians in general. The way to brand yourself is to think about what is the name that you want to be known as across social media platforms. So something that's very important to remember is you want it to be fairly um, fairly short. Uh, for example, on Twitter, your character limited. So you don't want that, um, that name to take up too much of those characters. Right. Another thing is you want it to be easily pronounceable. Um, and you want to use words that are obvious and not words that are difficult for people to spell out. Um, take my name. My name is Donna Coriel, but uh, you spell my name D-A-N-A. -A. If I had included that in branding, then people would be calling me Dr. Dana Coriel. Now, people still do that, and I completely understand. It doesn't look like Donna, but I'm Donna, so I left it out. And so I branded myself as Dr. Coriel. Another thing that's very important to remember is that if you're a physician, um, you want your audience to know that if you are, uh, if that's important for you. So if you're speaking on healthcare or on medicine, you want to make sure that your audience understands that you have the credentials. So either adding an MD after your name, if you want to use your full name, if I use Donna Coriel MD, that would be, that could be my um, handle. And um, otherwise you could, you, you could put doctor, but the bottom line is that's what you're going to be known as and choose it carefully because it's going to stay with you basically for the rest of time because you don't want to um, keep changing the handles and you want the handles to stay consistent within platforms. And so in my specific case, I'm Dr. Coriel, Dr. Coriel across everything, across my website, across Instagram, across Facebook and Twitter, and that's an easy way for people to find me. Same with SoMeDocs. I mean, you can find, I chose an easy way to sort of lump us together because you can hashtag that in any platform that you're on. Interesting. So 
I'm just thinking about mine. Well, mine's the paradox show, which is not actually easy to spell. <laughs> it's fairly long. Exactly. And so those are things, right, but that's okay. Listen, I mean, when you're branded and when you have an audience, like that catches on and that's okay. You don't have to follow every single rule. These are just rules that makes it simple to, um, for better branding, especially if you're just starting off mm -hmm. and to sort of become more popular more rapidly. And that's actually a good point to touch on. I think that as physicians and social media, it's important to be patient. I mean, people don't um, get famous overnight and people don't get known overnight and businesses don't, you know, become successful overnight. The, the most important thing is to take something on because you truly like it and become passionate about it. So if you don't like a certain platform and it really like it just annoys you, you just can't stand it. Don't do it. There's plenty out there that you could choose from. Right. Well, and I and I had the same approach for this podcast. You know, I I'm not anyone famous, and so I thought, well, maybe have a couple hundred people who will listen to the show overall. And so I surprisingly been very successful with it, and I consider myself fortunate. But I mean, I think probably one of the things with branding as well look at is probably wearing wearing the white coat right whenever possible. Things that are easily identifiable as a physician. Exactly. If you're if your social media journey is not about like beating burnout, because a lot of times beating burnout, people take on different things and they don't always want to be associated as physicians. There's pluses and minuses to everything. And so um, it's something that you really need to put some thought into. At the same time, it's something you really just kind of, I've written on this before, is taking the dive on. You just got to dive in. Uh, you got to put some thought into it, but you also have to just take that dive because you're always going to be having doubts and second guessing yourself and the legalities and this and this and that. And the end of, you know, at the end of it all, you're not going to be doing anything. So um, put some thought into it. Reach out to others like me and like the other SOMI docs. Reach out to a group that can, um, that feels the same way you do and can provide you with some answers and then go for it. And I wouldn't say that I did not start this podcast in order to get free books, but I've had a number of free books sent to me, which has been a great benefit. I'm sure you did not start your journey in order to get a trip to the Cayman Islands, but that's... <laughs> no, that's not only did I not, exactly, but you touched on something that's super important, and this is the, the like something that's very important for doctors to remember. You should do whatever it is that brings you happiness and brings you, you know, it's something that um, is, you're passionate about. So I always tell everybody that's around me, if tomorrow everything that I'm doing in the social media realm ends, I will still be a happy person because I have a family that loves me. I have friends that love me and I've got a practice and a career that I love. So um, don't do this with too many expectations to just be like tomorrow's great star because it's very difficult to get there. And if you don't put that expectations as, you know, a, if you, if it doesn't have to be that way for you, then you'll, you're more likely to succeed. Right. I, I think you never go about starting a business thinking you're going to be Apple. Right. Exactly. You, exactly. And so, and and the and what's always hard is you see people who are successful at some point, and you don't see the previous ten years or fifteen years, or even if it was like a fairly quick startup, there was definitely a long a long lag time of, ahead of time that you just don't see of where they were planning things or acquiring. Yeah, I mean, there's a famous meme. Right, there's a famous meme of like the glacier, right? In the glacier, you see like the tip outside of the water, but then like the, the picture shows you underneath the water and like the huge rock that's underneath. Right. 
you don't see what's hidden. You know what I mean? So even just physicians, like, uh, you know, you were talking about people taking um, physicians for granted. I mean, we have worked hard to be where we are today. And so um, let's not forget that, you know, when we put ourselves out there and when we lend a voice to medicine, you know, we've worked really hard to be where we are and to have our credentials. And so um, please take us seriously and understand that we're humans too at the same time. And don't call us a provider. Um, <laughs> okay, that's a whole different topic. <laughs> So where else can people find your stuff? Because we just talked about the Somi Docs. Is, that a, is it SomiDocs.com? So um, SomiDocs right now is a, a Facebook group that is physician only. Um, you can find us by hashtagging us all over the internet. So you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Just go to the search box and write SomiDocs, S-O-M-E-D-O-C-S. As for me personally, I write on drcoriel.com. That's D-R-C-O-R-R-I-E-L.com. I write on healthcare, on medicine, on family, parenting, um, different ideas, creativity, and on travel. And then I'm across social media with my handle, um, drcoriel. It's the same handle, and that's, again, back to just keeping it simple and easy um, to remember. Yeah, and actually, I think you put one of my pieces on your website now. I think about it. Absolutely. Well, I put it on the SomiDocs website, which I actually put on hold because it was just taking a lot of time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm an extremely creative person, and so I have a lot of ideas going on at once. And so I really try to just take a few of the ideas that sound like they're the best to me and take them on as projects and kind of push the other ideas to the background. But I'm always playing around with ideas. If anyone's out there as an entrepreneur, please feel free to reach me, um, to, to contact me. Um, my email is... Um, Dr. Donna Coriel, and it's actually spelled out. It's the one thing that has not been consistent for me, and I will change that in the future, but it's <laughs> spelled out D O C T O R, Dr. Donna Coriel, D A N A Coriel.com. I'm sorry, at gmail.com. Uh, and I'm always happy to talk about you know, the next big idea, especially when it comes to all of the fabulously talented physicians on so many. Well, you're surprised. I've got a, a, a very diverse audience, and I know what I had someone on uh, early on in the show, and he got contacted by some, an Apple engineer to develop an app for, wow. for him. So <laughs> you may get a, you get an email. You, who knows? I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. Yep. Uh, so great. thanks so much for being on. I really appreciate it. I would recommend if you're a physician to try and find the Somi Docs uh, hashtag or uh, the Somi Docs on Facebook. It's been great for me. I think it's been, I, if nothing else, you can just kind of lurk around on there and just kind of see what other people are up to. Oh, before I let you go, my wife is a pediatrician, like I said. She is barely on Facebook. She's really on almost no social media at all. And her impression of this whole thing, this endeavor of mine has been somewhat bemused, I guess. What is your husband's presence and, and what does he think about everything that you're up to? What a great question. And your experience is mirrored by my experience because <laughs> it's the same exact thing. I mean, when I first did it, my husband literally said to me, what are you doing and why? And I can tell you from firsthand experience that he has turned around. He has taken a 180 degree turn because he thinks it's fascinating what I have accomplished and what I can accomplish. And so... Um, I think your wife's going to be thinking of you differently in a few years. Let's put it that well, way. Well, she always thinks differently of me. I found that pretty much. <laughs> she does go along with my harebrained ventures. And so this is certainly one of them. I, I did find it funny that I got, um, I set up a Patreon account, account which I would recommend to um, physicians if they start some sort of artistic or some sort of thing that doesn't really generate technically any revenue. Uh, just because it's a good way for people to support shows they think is, that are useful. And it's, it's an encouraging way of having people support you. 
And I got a couple of people who, which I did not know if that anyone would ever contribute to the show. And I got a number of patrons early on. I turned to my wife and said, look, actually people value my show. And she said, well, how much those microphones cost? So... <laughs> exactly. So, that was along the line of what happened in my household. We, but right now he's with me and it's amazing. She keeps me grounded, which is good for me. So again, thank That's you so much for being on. And uh, I hope I hope everyone checks you out and on drcoriel.com and find your writings. And if you're their physician, to get a hold of you to try and develop something new and special. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it, Eric. Thanks for listening to The Paradox. If you like what The Doc is doing, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And share the show with your friends. Become a supporting listener to get access to special bonuses at patreon.com forward slash the paradox. Show notes can be found at theparadox.com. Oh, Eric? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh my gosh. I, I have someone's at my door. <laughs> oh, that's a real doorbell. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a real doorbell. No problem. Wait, Go get it. Can you wait for a second? Okay, hold <laughs> Absolutely. On.